Hello, and welcome back to Runeterra Randomness, the extensively encyclopedic, firmly formatted, purposeful podcast with awful alliteration. I'm your host, Nikita, and with me is my co-host, Flash. Uh, how's life, Flash? It's going great. Uh, well, as good as it could be when you, like, you're not working, but, like, I'm back at my parents' place, so it's it's not a problem currently. More than anything, now it's kind of like job hunting for online jobs that are only online, so... <laughs> Oh yes, no the the yeah, struggle the struggle of the times is very real. Listen, I I'm at a point now that if I could get uh like a, a a teaching job secure in September, even if it's uh, I'd have to move for it. Uh, I I I'm hoping by then you know things will be at least a little calmed down. Um, but yeah, a, a job for September for teaching would be would be a nice kind of get, so I know that's secure and I kind of know where I'm going in the future. You know. Absolutely. Fingers crossed that it actually is all over for September. Uh, for, the, for those joining us for the first time in this show, we cover all random things relating to Legends of Terra and probably some things not relating at all, you know, like the uh, uh, the current world health situation. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, which yeah, be- I, I guess we haven't covered that too much in this show. I, I mean, I don't really want to go more into it. Uh, That's a good I call. Every I podcast every podcast covers it and the amount of information i i think it's okay to mention it but it's also like there's only so much information i can take in at time no 100 percent. i think looking back at it it's going to be like one of the craziest things that has happened assuming it resolves itself but yeah no i mean there there isn't much to say that hasn't been already said i think everybody's analyzed it from every which angle you could i so i don't know if i told you about this but so i listened to this like uh pro wrestling thing and they've been like analyzing it from the pro wrestling side for like every day. Like they release daily episodes. Interesting. Uh, and they get like doctors in as well. And they've gotten psychologists in and stuff and other stuff. But uh, the big thing is like WrestleMania is happening this weekend, but it's going to be filmed in front of no one. Hmm. Oh, so, yeah. Like, the that's biggest right, show yeah. of the year is being filmed in front of no one in an empty stadium. Actually, no, it's already been filmed. It's not even going to be live. Okay. Uh, so it's actually already being filmed and it's going to be released as if it's live on saturday and sunday do you know if they're gonna do anything cool with it because it's not it's not happening live so this is the big thing i guess i guess the one thing is is what i think there's definitely a curiosity factor of uh one how the set's gonna look like i'm, I'm sure they're gonna kind of change the setup to not just have empty seats because mm-hmm. what they did is they moved to a small like 200 person uh venue they they have their like i guess they're like training area um they have this like in florida so uh they've moved there and then the big the other big thing is like how are they gonna edit it you know what i mean because like empty arena matches are i'm gonna tell you right now are not (laughs) conducive to good pro wrestling yeah i mean that's Uh, you want want the hype right yeah the crowd is definitely a large part of it i think the bet the best matches that people have seen so far have been like when they do kind of fake mma matches styled Mm-hmm. uh as opposed to try- like the the problem with a lot of pro wrestling is that it plays to the crowd too much so like people who like will do like the f- kind of fake mma style makes it more entertaining because then it's like oh okay like i get this you know what i mean like it, it feels more like a competition it's them trying to re like if you could decide what would be the coolest mma fight it's them trying to reenact that as opposed to let's do traditional pro wrestling which works for crowds when there's no crowd uh so i guess the biggest thing kind of going forward is how, the- how are they going to shoot it are they going to like super edit it you know make it like um cinematic movie i'm sure i'm sure they're working on that as well um and a lot of what the ww is doing is also just uh posting their um what's it called 
they're kind of like backlogged now and they're like weekly shows like instead of doing too much things live like they just like post stuff from like a week or a month or year or years before <laughs> yeah so that's cool I, that, I'm, I'm sure that now that it's not, if it's not live they could probably do something like a little bit more cool with it and more interesting and i mean everybody like yeah it just everybody has the time now everybody's got nothing but time on their hands and well here's the crazy thing is like to them they they really well i don't know what they're gonna do after though like they built this big show like are they gonna do more of these shows because i think the one thing they have going for them is that because they're built into big show there's like somewhat curiosity but after it's done like i don't think people are gonna watch if they're gonna try to build the new stuff when there's no crowd fair anyway. yeah i know yeah i don't yeah that's that's probably a problem i mean i'm sure i'm sure they've talked about it already and they probably have a plan since these kinds of things are usually decided weeks in advance but uh well you clearly don't follow pro wrestling because uh, i don't <laughs> they there have been times where they've literally switched what their direction is for the next couple of weeks the day of a big show hmm. interesting yeah Okay, well, speaking of stuff that switches every couple of weeks, uh, the meta, the meta in uh, Legends of Runeterra, which is, I think, what the show is about. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Uh, we've it's, been it's, really good, I think, about talking about Runeterra, you know? Like, it's true. a good sign where every week, like, I feel like we get an hour in on Runeterra itself, so. Yeah, that, no, that, I mean, it, that's why, I mean, that's why we have randomness in the name is so we can cover all the bases. So if anybody actually complains for whatever reason, I don't know why anybody would, it's in the name, guys. Like It's in the name. It's in the name. I think, yeah. Back, okay, back to the meta. Back to the meta. Um, so, yeah, it hasn't actually seen that many changes. There has been one new change. Um, so this week, and as usual, the meta we're getting from mobilelytics.gg, which is not necessarily representative of the actual meta, but something that um, a group of uh, pro players or masters players have agreed is... Uh, representative of what the decks are like in the higher ranks or what people are playing mostly and what stuff has a higher win rate. Um, so for this week, as usual, we go over the top five decks. Uh, this week, there are three in the S tier and two in the A tier. Um, the first one, as usual, Kinko Elusives, still there. I think has been there since we've started the show. It hasn't really changed. Uh, I, I am for your deck. Can I just say, I feel like I'm slowly really starting to get annoyed by Elusive decks. Oh, you just started to get slowly. Well, here's the difference. I think before I didn't see enough of them that it was annoying, um, but it it kind of forces you to build certain types of decks to counter it, as opposed to like letting you actually experiment. So that's true. You need to have. I mean, I think that's part of the like it's it's the top deck, and you need to have if you're building a deck, you need to have. Uh, does this beat the top deck? You need to like answer like you that almost... question. I think you can almost start slowly building decks that have 10 cards that are meant to be counters to elusive cards. Like, like you build your regular 30 deck, and then there's just like these 10 tech cards, essentially. It kind of feels like that slowly. But isn't, um, aren't most of the cards that counter elusives, like they're flexible enough that they can counter like other types of decks? Like it's not, I don't think it's Yeah, that yeah, yeah, no, no, it, it's, it's not necessarily bad, but like, I, I guess if you're trying to build a deck, especially for synergy, like the amount of individual removal and challenger cards that you're going to put in your deck, you don't want to have too much of that. Like in general, like how much, how much individual removal do you want? You probably want like maybe four, four cards, three cards, right? Mm -hmm. Like as soon as your deck starts having too much individual removal, it has to start synchronizing. So that's why, that's why decks that like focus on you casting much as target spells, okay, it makes sense in those decks. But apart from that, individualized removal, it's just like I either have 
you know, like like uh, two mana deal two damage, right? Yeah. It's a simple simple removal for a lot of cards, um, but especially early early in the game, like it, it it can be very key in getting rid of what the other person has, but doesn't let you build up your board on your side, right? Um, so I I think at times it's 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 like how much do I want? Because if I, all of a sudden I have a hand of those cards, you know, I'm, I'm probably probably uh not doing so hot you know <laughs> like yeah i mean it is six damage in hand but it's also like not being able to push anything else on the board right no yeah completely agreed um but i mean i don't know i haven't i haven't played i actually don't think i've played it i'm still in high silver and i haven't uh i don't think i've actually seen it as often as i used to i don't know uh, you, you you're saying that you actually have seen it pretty frequently i yeah and i think it's more the Like it, it's so tough because sometimes like literally one or two elusive is just the world of difference. You know what I mean? And just like you don't draw into anything that removes it, and you're just like, well, <laughs> yeah, it's just that's it. it. It's getting it's getting through. It's getting a free attack every turn. It's getting. I, it's, I can't. It's just like it, it puts a timer, it. dude. Yeah, it's it puts a and clock I hate on it the game because it brings out the worst of me and makes me want to build decks that also have timers. You know, like. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just how the top deck goes. I, there's, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, but yeah, Kinko Elusives still there. We'll probably be there for some time, unless some more. I, I don't think it's in like some more nerfs. I don't think it's in a, as oppressive position as it was. No, I don't uh, think prior. it's oppressive. I'm just, I, I, I was just talking from a deck building, like the ability to be more creative. Is the same point. Yeah, I think yeah. It frustrates me more. I like. Yeah, there's there's many decks I think that can beat it, but I don't want to be typecast to having to play those decks. Is what I'm saying. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, Kinko Elusives. Uh, next up, mid range Bannerman. I think we talked about this last week. This is the Mono Demacia version. Um, it's just a Demacian mid range deck. Uh, play a lot of good units. Um, I believe this version has yeah, it has Fiora, so it has the Fiora package. So you got your alternate win cons there, but just a bunch of well statted units. Uh, I've been playing. Dude, this deck a lot. is solid, dude. It is. It's, it's great. Solid. Yeah. It just has a lot of really good stuff. Bannerman is a great card. Uh, Purify is some excellent tech. Single combat gets. Um, is it's the Demacian version of removal where you can actually get your units in there and attacking. Or in Fiora's cases, mm-hmm. you get even more value because it's you accelerate your alternate win con. Uh, yeah, mid range Bannerman, great deck, uh, fun I, to play. Hmm. One copy of Denial. I think I. I think I like Fiora um, because especially like, let's just say it's an elusive deck. Well, in some ways Fiora, because there's such low statted minions, Fiora decks that are like centered around her fighting as much as possible and like protecting Fiora. It mm-hmm. just wrecks some of these like low statted aggro decks. So I understand why she's there, but it's also like sometimes it's so oppressive, dude. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 as soon as the onslaught starts it kind of is hard to stop like everything just sort of like buffs or raises the stats of each other and it's yeah it can it can accelerate out of control you definitely need like a ruination or like a some, a very hard board reset or like perhaps a judgment or something like that or the, or like you literally wait till they're out of mana and then you do your like removal spell you know like yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah alternatively yeah because then yeah because because they have a lot of they have prismatic barrier they have uh riposte just to like they can't have more than one if they have more than one mana you're probably not gonna get rid of it you know like yeah 
There, there is a t- yeah. There's only Flea Feather Tracker in this deck, but yeah, I, I, I totally get what you mean. But yeah, mid range Batterman, another great deck. Uh, next up is our uh, a new entry to this top five list. That is the new. Uh, it is the third S tier deck, Karina Control. Now the titular Karina card is a nine mana six six follower that when you play it, you discard the top five cards of your deck to deal one damage to all mm. enemies for each spell you discard. Um, so does that with- include the Nexus? Uh, to one, one to all enemies. Yes, I believe that includes Nexus as well. That includes the Nexus. I believe so. It says all so you enemies. Clear the so, whole yeah, yeah. board. You throw down a six six, and you hit damage. That's yeah. For each spell I, discard, it is conditional on deck building. This this might be the first deck that really, I I might I might look up the deck list and try to try to create it because it okay. intrigues me. Well, let, yeah. yeah, let me let me keep describing it then. Uh, so it is a Shadow <laughs> Isles and Piltover and Zon deck. Uh, it has uh, only the the only champions in it is Elise, and it leans he- more heavily on the Shadow Isles side in order uh, for its removal. We're talking stuff like Vile Feast, Grasp of Undying, Brood Awakening, uh, Withering Whale. On the Piltover and Zon side, it has like the standard staples we've seen for a while in, in Ezreal control decks, Mystic Shot, Get Excited, Static Shock, and then with the top end being Progress State, it also has uh, two copies of Ruination for that hard reset when you need it. Um, and just to read the little blurb that says here, uh, Karina Control is a new deck that can deal with board-centric decks with other spiders into board wipes while also having good matchups into Ezreal or other control decks. It plays extremely mm-hmm. slowly but relies on inevitability of damage from Ledros and Karina after turn 9. Pick up this deck if you like to slowly grind your opponents into the ground. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, a good I think... it's got the early game, it's got the late game, uh, and yeah, it's a different type of control deck that I've seen before. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. Excellent. Uh, Karina Control. Yeah, that's the next S tier deck. So, yeah, the, in the top three, we have, I guess, elusives, we have a mid range deck, and we have control deck. So, that's a pretty healthy, I think, spread. Uh, next up after that, we have Endure Spiders. That's the Freljord and Shadow Isles, uh, basically, spider deck. Uh, has a lot of control options, but the, and a lot of uh, through, uh, control options through the same Shadow Isles stuff that we talked about before, Val Feast, Withering Whale, but has a lot of Frostbite stuff, uh, like Avarosan Sentry, or not Avarosan Sentry, um, Ice Veil Archer, obviously top end with They Who Endure, um, champions include Elise, Thresh, and Trindamere. It's just a bunch of answers, a bunch of flexibility, a bunch of aggro, has like a good spread of everything, also kind of like uh, Karina Control as well, but that's in the 8 tier, we talked about it last week, um, and then finally we have Spooky Karma, which we've talked about plenty of times, just a bunch of ephemeral units, and then you get stuff like Deathmark to put the ephemeral on your opponent and get the extra value, top end being Karma, and uh, the Harrowing and the Ruination just to get like basically a giant value machine, so... Uh, nothing that we haven't seen before, but yeah, still there, still good. But yeah, no one, only one new entry in this week's meta. But hey, it's actually changing. It's uh, switching it up, and yeah. So how 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 have your uh, how have your games been this last week? Um, it's been up and down. Um, most recently, I'll say I've been trying to make a Teemo deck. Um, and okay. It really bugs me because I I mean I said this last week as well. I think when I was trying to make a Teemo deck, but now I actually have three Teemos. Um, and it's still, it's just like, every time I start playing, I'm like, you know, there's no way I'm going to win with actually using mushrooms. Instead, I should just attack, you know, it's that's fair. Like, I it's mean, it's just like, it's tough because I, I want to play to the win condition, but at other times, like when I do win with the win condition, 
it's like you get lucky you're never like in control of the game you kind of lose the board and you're just hoping that they've drawn enough cards so that you actually manage to win you know it does i i think it's one of those things where when you're playing against it it seems a lot stronger or it feels a lot stronger but once you're actually piloting it 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 doesn't feel like it's going fast enough because I don't know all the times I faced against a Timo deck. I'm like, oh, wow, it's like turn four and he's got I, I, he's already set up. The entire pack is set up. Timo's already leveled up and it just feels kind of hopeless. But I, the few times I've played a Timo deck, it never feels like it gets off the ground. So I don't know. I, that might be an anecdotal like mental thing, but I don't know. Well, like it either gets off the ground really, really well and they have board control. But like for stats, you, you're not gonna have board. Like you know what I mean? That's true. You either yeah. play, you either play to to. I, I say the one thing is like as a Teemo deck, if you want to play to the win condition of a Teemo deck, you want to play. You want to kind of slow down the play and have as many cards be drawn. But if you also want to win, you kind of just go aggro instead. You know. I think so. It's you got, yeah. I mean, what choice do you have really? I mean, even with Timo, like the Timo card specifically, you have to attack, so you have to assume that they have no elusive answers, which is kind of uh, which is, I guess, is the big fear. I mean, it is only just a one mana one one that like levels up into I think a one mana two two, uh, one mana two two, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, okay. it's, but I mean, the bigger thing is like you kind of have to get Timo to hit face to really because it doubles the amount of shrooms, right? So, mm-hmm uh once once you level up so it's kind of like once you can get to that condition it, it can start being really oppressive but still even if they, they have 20 cards left and they have like 200 shrooms which is coincidentally a situation that i essentially had maybe i'm embellishing a little bit but the point is mm-hmm. uh if if they have that like all those shrooms could still be in the last three cards you know yeah it's so, so you you've literally banked up a, like an insta win but the, they still have another 10 cards to go through I do think the game would benefit from having, or especially, I guess, I guess to be more precise, that archetype would benefit from having a card that where both players like draw a card or something. Both players draw two cards, a sort of cold light Oracle oh, from like 100%. Hearthstone or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those kinds of effects, honestly, I think those kinds of effects are really easy to like, it's never a really a balance concern because I don't know, like, let's say like there was a card that was, I don't know, one mana draw one mana, each player draws two cards. Mm-hmm. like i don't think yeah i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing that seems like just bad enough that it might not be like auto include but just good enough that like a very specific deck maybe even a teemo deck could abuse something like that i'd also like it because it, it would be in control decks that hoard cards you could actually get them to mill right that's true so. yeah uh the ever elusive mill win condition which i need to i need to double check what do you do you know it's uh does a game end i believe a tie? It- I believe it's a draw as soon as someone draws the okay. last card. Interesting. Yeah. I know for four, I know as soon as the game goes to round forty, it's a draw. Okay, that that's um, what I think. It yeah, is. I believe yeah. it's round forty, so it might be. Yeah, it might also be that. Uh, I've never gotten even close. I, well, I got a, I've gotten to like twenty five once, but it was like any second one of us was gonna lose. You know, like yeah, it feels <laughs> that yeah the game. I don't know. I think I think well, it's probably done intentionally. Like the game scales to a point where everybody just has really massive things and it's just very swingy and it's like you're you're either yeah you're basically towing a line between life or death at every single turn yeah no 100 percent. is um, it is the timo deck all you've been playing or no no okay so i got another one that i, I think i was experimenting with last week as well um it's i call it the damage deck but it's not because i'm 
doing a lot of damage just more because I'm doing damage to myself. So I've gotten I was okay. able to to open one Vladimir. Ooh. Uh, so that means that's it's a nice little bonus to this deck, but it doesn't necessarily. Uh, like having Vladimir doesn't necessarily. It doesn't activate the cards anymore. Almost, <laughs> like it, it's a nice kind of little like push for damage. Um, and I mean, just having a, a six six Vlad that like regens and you can do damage directly to face, even if you're being blocked, is nice. Um, but okay, so l- let me kind of go through the deck if I may. I actually have it open, so yeah, go for it. Uh, I'll be able to talk about it. So the idea is it's it's a Freljord a Noxus deck. Okay. Um, and so cards like uh, spell cards like Transfusion, which is deal one to an ally to give another ally plus two plus two. Very good. Card. And uh, and Blood for Blood, deal one to an allied follower if it survives, create a copy of it in your hand. Um, so these are just stuff that does damage to your own units. Um, and in order to activate it. Uh, essentially you have um, uh, cards that, that you know w- when damage is dealt to them they do something so uh, let me go from the Freljord side uh, I have an Unscarred Reaver which is the 3 that every time it gets damaged it becomes like it gets plus 3 attack mm-hmm. um, it's I guess it's like almost cousin cards uh, Scatherain Stefan which is the 2-4 that does the same thing uh, as soon as it gets damaged it, it gets uh as soon as it survives damage, it gets plus three attack. Uh, yep. So, you know, you can just see these cards kind of going with the transfusion or the blood for blood, and all of a sudden you're buffing all your cards, right? Um, and then the last one is the Scar Mother Vrina Vrina, um, which I originally had three of in the deck, but I went down to one. Um, and the reason for this is while I, I actually like the stat of the card because you can really build it up, um, it's there are just some times where it's just like a card that. It's not helpful early game, like at all. Mm-hmm. Just playing like this three eight six mana card. Um, like I much rather get a combo off with uh, the Noxus cards, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but the it that's why essentially I used to have three and now and just one. So yeah, the Noxus cards. I guess these are the really the cards that kind of you can start getting really really a lot of synergy with those spell cards. Um, so the Crimson Curator is a three mana three three. When I serve five damage, uh, create a random Crimson unit in your hand. So you can just see with like the Blood Blur and the Transfusion, you can just really get a whole bunch of synergy combos going off. Yeah. Um, uh, another Noxus card that I use is uh, Legion Veteran. Uh, when another ally survives damage, grant it plus one zero. Um, so further, kind of like every time you deal damage to your own units, you can activate it, right? Yeah. Um, and then the big one is a uh, Crimson Awakener. Uh, so it's a four mana five five when I'm summoned, deal one to all other allies. Um, so this card can can do one of two things. One, it's just a really strong four drop. Like if you can just if the nothing's on the field, you just four drop, and it's a pretty strong card to just drop. Yeah. Uh, but usually it's like you can activate it with two or three or four. Well, usually if, you'll get two or three a lot of time. Uh, other cards in the deck to activate their effects, whether it's plus. Uh, you know, whether it increases their damage or whether it, uh, you know, creates a card. Um, any questions so far? Or, uh... Uh, no, so is that the entire Crimson pack? That's all four Crimson cards? Uh, I'm just trying to see. So I, obviously there's Vladimir yes. uh, as well that kind of activates that. Is it all Crimson cards? Crimson Aristocrat, Crimson Disciple, Crimson Curator, and Crimson Awakener. 
No, I'm using Crimson Curator and Crimson Awakener. I'm not using the other two. Okay, interesting. Because uh, the other two... The goal of the deck is to create value as opposed to create uh, damage getting dealt directly to face. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I'm I'm more clearing and just getting a lot of stats or a surprise. The big thing is kind of going into battles, but having like two or three mana and being able to use like transfusion or uh, like I'll use elixir of iron as well and like surprise people that like my card actually survives and then gets rewarded by surviving damage. Right. Interesting. Okay. Um, I'm running two Brahms as well because they kind of fit in with all that. Because the regeneration um, makes sense. Yeah, just health, health stats, and kind of that. Uh, I guess the last card that I kind of want to mention uh, was there a last card I want to? Oh yeah, is I I run three of uh, uh, Trifarian Assessors. Ooh, I've never heard. Um, of that. So there, it's a four mana four three draw one for each five plus power ally you have. Oh wow! So, okay. um, because a lot of the cards have the five attack stat mm. uh, or for five power, I guess stat. Um, or by taking one damage, they become a five power stat, right? Yeah. Or you or you buff them into a five power stat. It a lot of times you'll be able to draw two or three cards in a lot of situations. That um, sounds great. Yeah, nice. that's, that's yeah. a complete value there. Yeah, and then I guess some finishers. Uh, I have Darius and Trinmere one ofs, um, mostly because you know, like sometimes you just have to use the power cards you do, but they are nice overwhelm cards to kind of finish off the opponent at times. Uh, and I run one reckoning because you need some kind of board clear sometimes. Yes, of course you always need some sort of hard reset button. Um, so you're and it's running... like if kill all units with four or less power that synergizes as well with your units having five plus, right? Yeah, that's also yeah, it's also a very good card. Uh, so Vladimir, you said you only you so you said you got one because you got it as a drop. If you could got, have yeah, two gotta... extra Vladimirs, would you? I think you'd you'd probably just run all three. Okay. Um, yeah. Because um, it. If you need Vladimir to get to level six, it just means you have activation on every single turn, you know, like regardless of what you draw, like most of your other cards will synergize around it. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's like, because your minions tend to be better statted, even if you're willing to like, even if you have like a, you know, 10, 10, two minion, you know, that's going to die to like a two mana minion. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, Cause eventually one of these 10 or like, you know, seven, or sometimes 18 mana minions get through. I had one minion survive once, and it just was like an 18 and 2 minion, and the other guy had like this like um, board clear and thought he was going to get rid of it, and then I just healed it up enough. And yeah. so like I was able to just attack with 18 and 2 minion. It was ridiculous. <laughs> nice. So how, so how's the... I, the yeah, this, this sounds like a pretty good... I think I remember seeing a couple of people experiment with sort of this kind of... Uh, deck focusing around the the crimson i guess in, a, in magic the gathering this was called like an aristocrats type mm-hmm. deck um has has it seen some success what what are some of the problems that you ran into or the successes um i think the biggest problem with my deck is there isn't enough low stat minions um so i almost i think i'm starting to get to a point where if i can get an unscarred reaver and a tr- like a transfusion um like the problem is like your low stat minions don't have any attack and that's a lot of problems for a lot of decks if you have no attack like fearsome or, or even just just threat on the board um so essentially it's sometimes really slow mm-hmm. um i actually though 
overall i think i, I hit gold three with this deck so like i think okay. the deck in general is not bad for what rank i'm playing i'm back in gold four because i was trying to make those teemo decks but um i i think definitely i need to look at low stat like low stat minions to see if i can incorporate a couple because uh sometimes you just go overwhelmed early game you can't really do much about it yeah no that that that, that... I think that makes sense. And I think that's another thing that would, that I'm excited to see uh, fleshed out with in future sets is like a lot of these archetypes that have sort of, I don't know, been sort of, I don't want to say half-assed, but sort of like a little bit have been half-assed where it's, there's not that much stuff. There's like enough stuff, but the stuff that we have to make the archetype work isn't particularly, it doesn't really like, I don't know, it doesn't push it to the next level and doesn't necessarily, you don't have as many options as you would like to, to like choose between and pick the ones that, fit the specific slot that you're trying to um, put them in. And I think that kind of uh, like, I, I think there could be more kind of cards that do it. Cause from what I, I don't know, you, you were looking at all the cards. You might've been just working off of the cards that you had, but mm-hmm. did you, did you have to like, I don't know, did you have to make any cuts in the deck or was it just, you just put in all the stuff that you had that did this kind of game plan? Yeah. For now. Well, like I'll run one of of like uh like a culling strike and a noxing guillotine because they're just random yes. times that those are just nice text cards to have but except for that that da- except for that the deck is pretty much just synergy as much as i can synergy survivability and like r- upgrades and especially being able to surprise people with upgrades so uh i think it's a big part of the deck i i like and i honestly think as as good as darius and trindamir are the problem is like if if they're not activating other cards, you can sometimes just get behind. Like they're great if you're winning, but they're kind of bad if you're not winning. So I might actually try uh, swapping out and maybe put put some lower cost minis instead. Because um, as much as I want like finishers, I think this deck because it just has so much value from time to time, uh, like random effect. Like it, the one big thing I just like about this deck is you can just you're doing a whole lot more than you're doing with a lot of other decks. And I think that's what I really like about it. Like yeah. you have to decide when you're doing certain things. And I, I think there's just when you're playing, it just feels like you have a lot more control over what happens while the opponent sometimes just reacts with whatever cards they have. And you're kind of dictating the pace. That's, that's actually one of the things I wanted to bring up with uh, this particular deck. I think a lot of the decks currently in the higher meta, they're kind of, I'm not saying they're all like easy to pilot, but I think they're like easier to pilot than perhaps maybe some. I don't are know, you at least the other card games that I'm familiar with? I think in general a lot of the decks are easier to pilot. Well, it's not that they're easier to pilot, but the the way the game plays back and forth, it feels at time it's like there's really one or two moves you could do, mm-hmm. and you just have to decide whether you're 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 doing them. Um, I think the the game gets better the more you're able to hold on to cards and decide later what to do. I yeah, think the I, game is much more interesting when it's like more control versus control as opposed to just let me build stuff. That's why I think like this deck with the times that I've seen it, I thought it was probably one of the more interesting, uh, like any, any like Vladimir deck, the more interesting decks that I've seen played because there is a lot of decision making and evaluation they have to do on the spot. And there is like a lot of holding back and, and, and deciding when to do stuff. That I don't think a lot like other decks in the meta or just in general have, which I think that's great. I don't know. Yeah, no, 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 hundred percent. I think that's a big thing you have to contend with. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anything, anything else learned with uh, with playing this deck or with building it? 
Uh, no, just, I mean, I'm, I'm there with it. I think it's definitely still, like I've always said, I feel like a lot of my decks are, are, I don't spend enough time with a deck to kind of fully evolve it to where it should be, probably. Um, although I think I've mentioned that before, to be fair, so. That's fair. I mean, hey, you know, people get, you get bored eventually, and, you know, I, I've definitely gotten bored of the decks that I've played, and I've just switched. Even if I'm doing well with it, you know, just switch for the sake of switching. No, 100%. Yeah. Uh, how did you, have you experienced the new, uh, so what, what level did you get up into the vault last week? Cause the last week we had the update go through, was this, which was the big, uh, progression update, I guess. It was, I honestly got the same amount. I think I play enough to beat most of the, most of the quests every day and mm-hmm. that's usually it. Um, so, so with that, I'm kind of like, what's, what's the word? Um, yeah, I know. I, I, the upgrade, the update is nice though, because I feel like I'm actually getting a lot more champions. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Excellent. I coincidentally, uh, I in my as my random champion this last week, I did also get Vladimir. So maybe I should uh, start. I should try. You could. I, I definitely thing. recommend. It is a fun. It is a fun. Uh, fun fun deck to play. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, I will have to do. Uh, was there any other decks that you were playing that you want to talk about? No, that that's it for now. Okay. That's, uh, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, yeah excellent so one thing that we were talking about um i think for a couple of weeks or i was talking about specifically was these tournaments that were happening so there one well there was one actual tournament that was riot sponsored um that happened in march in late march uh ended on march the 20th um mm-hmm. and this was the legends of runeterra invitational 2020 this is what they call it it was korean only and it was broadcast uh mm-hmm. on i think korean twitch uh it might have been rehosted onto regular twitch so you can find the matches there but it was the first i think official tournament and i just wanted to go over some of the stuff that uh happened there just so that we can talk about it just because it might be a sort of framework for stuff moving forward or how they might tackle tournaments moving forward Mm -hmm. so this is the first major league uh first major legends of retire invitational organized by riot games korea featuring 16 invited players um so it was 16 invited players the format uh it was a single elimination bracket and the format that it used was the Conquest format. So this is something that we've talked about before. So just for those that don't know what the Conquest format is, each player must win once with all of their decks. Players can change decks between bracket rounds. Uh, each region can be selected a maximum of two times, and region combinations cannot be repeated. For example, you cannot have two Demacia slash Ionia decks. Uh, I believe the amount of decks that players brought were three decks, um, as I think is... It's that that that's typical for the conquest format, correct? Uh, so no, in in, in Hearthstone, it is usually four decks, and then you will ban no. one. There so, might have been four uh, decks. I can't actually find info on that. Um, I, I mean, it to be fair with with the meta that's not quite as established, it's possible that they decided not to. Uh, what's the what's the word? Um, <laughs> no. Because the meta is not not as established, they might be like, okay, we really don't need to ban decks because people will just kind of counter. Uh, mm. The decks will be all over the place. I think that's a possibility. So actually, I answered my own question here. I'm looking at the, I have the list of deck lists. It actually is three decks. Um, so okay. for each players, which I think, yeah. Which I think makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Because there isn't, I mean, with Hearthstone's class system, there's like nine individual like paths you can go. And mm-hmm. uh legends of Terror has like a significantly more condensed version of that so i don't know i don't know what to glean from that but 
That makes sense <laughs> to me personally. Uh, you, yeah. you said you've played the Conquest format before professionally in Hearthstone, mm-hmm. correct? Well, semi-professional. 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 I want to go that far. <laughs> well, you're all I got here. I don't have anybody else to talk to about this format, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Semi-professional is good I, enough for me. I, I've, I played. Yeah, I, I played at a quite high level in Hearthstone. Yes. Good or bad? Uh, Conquest. Yeah. Good. I, good. I very much like the. I like it more. Um, like I've said before, I feel like the uh, integrity. Um, I guess the competitive integrity of the game is is tends to be what's the word? Um the competitive integrity of the, the game tends to be kept just because you have all those options. So it just feels like you can do a lot more. You know, that's it. Yeah, okay, excellent. <laughs> I don't I don't know Sorry. what else to the, yeah, I know. I I haven't played it. I think it's an interesting I mean, I don't know. I, as someone that I guess has played ladder, and maybe this is just a consequence of somebody that's only played ladder and hasn't really played tournament, mm. I can't wrap my head around. Like when I'm playing ladder, I'm playing one deck, and that was like the one deck mm. that I've been sort of practicing with. Of course. Uh, just to like switch, like I'll never during a day, I think maybe, I, I think I might be alone in this though. Never during a day will I like queue up with the deck, play a d- game, and then the next game I play a different deck, and then the next game I play a different deck just because I'm like out of spontaneity. Have you, do you do that kind of thing? No, I don't. I don't think anybody does that. Okay, I interesting. Don't, I, don't I wonder that's if that's just based off of our small sample size of two, or if there's. Well, just okay, a... okay. I think I, I've played multiple decks before, but it was because I was getting ready for a tournament specifically. Okay. So it it was uh, like in that way, it was very. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't know if it's hard is the right word for it, but it was like. It was it was me going okay. Listen, I got I got a tournament, so I might as well practice all my four decks. So I just run them in a row, as opposed to just you know. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so for this tournament, just like some final format stuff, um, the quarterfinals were best of five, and the semifinals and finals were a best of seven. Um, so I assume. Wait, that... so, and they only brought three decks. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting to me. <laughs> it's uh, probably less interesting to me, but... Uh... Well, no, okay, because in Conquest format, you're supposed to only have... Like, if you're doing a best of seven, then you should have four decks, right? Oh, you're right. Hmm, I wonder how they yeah. did that then with only three decks. Hmm. <laughs> If only there was a some sort of uh, some sort of replay, some sort of video replay that someone could go back and go through and explain. I don't know. It's probably written somewhere. Uh, so probably I somewhere. Should, I should have this information up. But just for some fun history stuff, I mean, this happened March 20th. So this was prior to, uh, I think, the balance patch. Uh, the first place uh, player who won uh, $5.5,000 uh, American, um, Sebastian mm-hmm. XIXO Bentert. Uh, he entered with an Ezreal Freljord control deck, a uh, Lucian Garen, uh, sort of like a Bannerman mono Demacian midrange deck, and then an Elise and Hecarim uh, with Noxus, uh, just like a fast uh, swarm deck, basically. Mm-hmm. And what is actually kind of funny, I'm just like looking through, basically, I think there was only it was those three decks and on top of that an elusive deck and that's basically what everybody brought to the to the table which i think i mean hey 
it's there's only one set it's a foundational set there's only one set and even i think before i mean that was before the balance so the meta was already pretty much established everybody kind of knew already what was good so you can't blame them i'm sure this tournament was not really for any sort of i mean it was it was a korean only it wasn't for any sort of uh i don't know to test the competitive integrity of the game i think it was probably just to like test the framework of the tournament and the broadcast team's ability to host a tournament broadcast a tournament or that's that's the way i always see the first tournament especially if this one wasn't like particularly publicized yeah <laughs> um but yeah that, yeah that's the way it goes uh but yeah so that's the tournament uh hopefully i don't know when's the game coming out i think i think now we're ready we've had the we've had the ranked update we've had some meta patches i think the meta is in a decent place right now everybody's still like testing stuff out and as we described there was a control deck a mid-range deck and a sort of faster aggro deck yeah and they seem like they finally decided on uh on what they're gonna do with the actual <laughs> uh like how how, how the, their pay structure is gonna work yeah exactly yeah they've, they've they've solved the problem of those poor poor whales not being able to spend their money on the game and just build whatever deck they want or i guess i guess copy and paste whatever deck they want off the internet uh so every yeah everybody should be happy <laughs> at this point i think yeah i think right i think i mean ready. listen artifact 2.0 might come in you know if they're that's uh, true they drag their heels too much they, you know, do you think that's why they made the changes? They were, they got scared. They got, they heard the news, the rumblings. No, the artifact no. <laughs> I don't even think, I'm going to be honest. I don't, I think a lot of people within the small artifact community are very happy that there's a 2.0 coming out. They're kind of excited for that. Um, but I, I don't think Riot even blinked. Dude. That's true. No, hundred percent. It doesn't even feel like the same game. Like it's, if it feels so distant, like I don't think the same player is going to like both. I mean, I think there's going to be a couple of crossover people, but I think people who like Legends of Terror aren't necessarily going to, especially if they've never played it before, going to be into Artifact. Yeah. No, I, yeah, yeah. And I guess, I mean, I guess time will tell for sure. But yeah, I, I, I pretty much agree with that. But I mean, Rotera, I don't know. Rotera has lately been, I think it's been quieter. And I see, I've started to see these kinds of same uh posts that i see on pretty much any card game that has started up and getting into where people are like huh where's the uh where did all the hype go why is everybody sort of quieted down and sort of settled which because i mean you can't it's not sustainable you can't be like the excitement of a new card game coming out and that no carrying over yeah it's just i I don't know but i think it i think it still gets a lot of people off guard where they're just like oh wow everybody's sort of everybody's sort of chill now and uh it does yeah nothing is not it's not as it's not as pumping as it was before well like like i'll, I'll be honest like i i think i think if i if i uh did not have like a podcast for this game mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't be as experimental like i'd probably hop on like once a week you know and just like try out a couple fair. things but i i like i'm playing daily now and i i think yes it's like okay like i'm enjoying the game it's like i don't think i don't think uh you know the podcast has necessarily anything to do with, but it is kind of like this backbone of like, well, because I have it, I feel like I can justify playing more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I I can see people who are just like playing for fun. They might just like play once every once or two weeks, right? And um, I think that's why esports scenes tend to be so important. Tournaments tend to be so important. Um, because it keeps if you can it 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 creates like that diehard fan base that like can get hyped for those tournaments and then be playing the game. You know. So yeah, at least you always have a core whenever a new set comes out and stuff. 
Yeah, a hundred percent. Uh, yeah, I think I completely agree with you on every point there. Uh, yeah, and I mean, th- there is a, I guess, the argument of in terms of like esports scene, who should be the ones creating and running that? Should it be the company of the game, which is kind of uh, has its own problems, or should it be very grassroots, like community, community? See, yeah, and I see, I feel like that might be the problem. Like, like like you know how dare i mention artifact twice but uh the there's still community tournaments running that game you know yeah <laughs> like and... that they happen every month and like have regular qualifiers right uh and i i think at least in runeterra and maybe maybe you know to, to be fair I'm, I'm not as active in the scene per se as i am in some other scenes um but i don't feel that kind of sense of like Oh, this might be the first game where I like I don't really visit too many websites outside, right? So, uh, like I don't feel that, you know, the game's not showing me like, hey, there's this community tournament going on. So like I really don't know of it happening, uh, and because of it, like maybe that's where like people are feeling, oh, like the hype kind of feels down. Like if there's regular tournaments and the qualifiers, I think more people would be playing as well because they want to qualify. Hmm. No, hundred percent. I just with that, I mean. I, I well the way the way that like uh just to compare again artifact to runeterra I, like the way don't Mal- worry don't worry there's a reason we're doing this guy <laughs> yeah it all it all it's all comes it's all gonna come back to something um our art like the way valve runs i think most of their games is they like the community because they only have like 300 employees and that's the way they like it that's the way they like to do things they don't really like to do a lot of things themselves if the community will do something for them they will let them so they set up a lot of their games in the same way where the community can make the cosmetics the community can run the tournaments and they will provide the framework for that so the the thing they did for artifact was any player can set up a tournament and any player can invite whoever they want to that tournament and it will just create, it will do the brackets. It will do the pairings. It will do the scorekeeping for them. And that's just, it makes it super easy to run a tournament with every other game. I will say though, it, yes, they had tournaments, which I think a lot of other games don't have implemented very well. I don't know why it looks like we're on like windows 2000, you know, like (laughs) for our, for artifacts one, like it just, I don't know why games still do this, but there there's something about like I think programmers will just program something that's like it, it just just reminds me of like multiple server like like imagine you remember old RuneScape where you just like you go yeah. in and there's like a million servers you can join. Yeah. Like it like I understand it because you like okay, you choose the server you want to go with and you get your friends to go on it. But from a like visual perspective it looks gross. <laughs> like it just, I, you know, I, I think I think it's because it's hard to do. I think I li- can you name me one other game that did like have a tournament system in it where you can make your own tournaments? Uh, Starcraft and Rocket League, but those were that's true. Implemented significantly later. But you're uh, right. Okay, fair enough. I'm t- I guess I'm talking about card games specifically, but even for those games. I don't think it's, it's unfortunately not an industry. It's not, well, I guess it never really was. I want it to be an industry standard thing that just for every competitive video game, they include a method that you can, you can, can host tournaments, tournaments in your game as opposed to having use a form. No, no, I completely agree with you. Um, I just, my point was like, I really like the Valve did it. Cause like, let's compare it to Hearthstone, right? Yeah. Um, that doesn't uh, like, like Hearthstone could have implemented it easily, I feel. Like imagine if you didn't have to go third party sites all the time, right? They they promised make... didn't they promise to do that actually? They did. They, did. they yeah. never did it. Um 
that's a whole another kind of thing I don't want to get into. But um, <laughs> I, I think more than anything, uh, the, like I w- my point is like it just feels like with the Valve setup of the tournament, you know, like when you go in and there's like a list of all the players in the tournament and like just boxes and scroll, like it just feels like someone went into like visual basic and just <laughs> yeah took the basic like dialogue scroll down box and just like made it slightly prettier, you know? And not that it's bad. I just think, um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like presentations definitely a lot. I, I value presentation much more than I used to. I think with a lot of games, um, because, well, for, for for one, right, like I I'm going like I, I'm playing Age of Empires now again, right, mm-hmm. um, and so it's really interesting because you can either just do a quick find queue, which is which is definitely something more like okay, like I just want to play a rank game, like find me, but then they also have like here's a list of all the open, you know, like here's your 2002 Age of Empires list of all the open games happening. And you can join if you want to, you know? Yeah. And it like I get it because they want to keep the nostalgia, but the other part of me is just like this just looks ridiculous when there's like a hundred like different games just in a list in a box you can scroll down, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. And Overwatch what... does it too with their custom game system. Like I, I what, what, ma- what do you ma- think the solution is visually? Because that sounds like because you have to present inf- like a hundred bits of information in a sort of semi-condensed what game do you think does it right then? I think the closest thing you can have is the Rockla one where, but the difference is like people will specifically make the name and the password. So like everybody has the name and the password. So you don't actually see it visually. Um, and like, here's a tough thing. Cause I'm just, I'm at this point, I'm actually just arguing about like, uh, or talking about like open sand, essentially like the, the, the ability for anyone to host a random game and random people to join. Right. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a bad idea, but I, I think, the further back that is in a game, the better. And if you have a tournament thing, then you can make it just a little bit prettier. That's that's my point. After hey, all that, fair enough. <laughs> um, at this point, though, especially with Runeterra, I'll take anything. I'll take an ugly one. Oh, I'll take a oh. tournament system that you know what, you know what. If you have a tournament system that that literally looks like someone painted it in uh, paint, <laughs> and has like the most basic window scroll, I'll take that if it's in the game, you know? Sure, absolutely. Unfortunately, I, I think uh, that's probably like the lowest thing on their priority list. I'm you sure know that's what, though, Riot? List. I'll say this much Riot, though, the one thing that I really like about the game, like even the custom skins, like for your uh, board, they mm-hmm. do a lot of little things that are really nice. Like uh, the Freilord one, like the. It yeah. actually has the wind moving to oh like the, it's stuff that makes you actually see like okay like this is something that's that's cool because I think well I don't know if I don't know if I want to bring this topic up or really go into depth right now about this but let me just bring it up quickly if um like in a lot of games the idea of like customizing your board and stuff is like a good idea but it like it just feels very like it doesn't really impact you as much you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Especially if the like, customized cards, like you, you barely see them. You know what I mean? So you don't feel uh, the effects of them, or of the fact, like you'd buy like these cool card backs, and then like nobody, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, okay. it's kind of lost on you. While while I think the one thing about Runeterra is like I actually notice when I go into a game and there's a different like the other people had bought their uh, different um, like board, I guess, right? And it does little effects, tiny things that like just makes it feel. Oh, like that's cool to have. Like you know, I'd actually want to buy that as opposed to like 
uh, let me get something slightly different, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Newell had an interesting, he mentioned in, uh, or it wasn't Gabe Newell, it was Robin Walker when they were talking about Valve's approach to monetization uh, back mm-hmm. in like TF2 way long ago. And he said that one of the biggest misconceptions or that he believes is that um, p- people think that players don't want to spend money on games or it's not that they, it's not that they don't want to spend money. It's that they want to spend money on things they like. So you, mm-hmm. the, cos- the cosmetics that you're making, you have to make them like good enough and visually interesting enough. And I don't know, I guess pretty enough to like show off that nobody will have any issue spending money. And that's, that's all you have to do with that kind of thing. Yeah. If, if it's something that's like, slightly different than and like the the opponents don't and your teammates don't notice it then why would you get it you know <laughs> like exactly yeah and i think it's to uh, also uh like with runterra they're they seem to be going with a more cosmetic uh focused model like that's how they make money versus cards or card packs so it makes total sense that they would want to be putting well the and they'll make there. card packs on people who aren't willing to play the game a lot you know exactly or, yeah, or, so or streamers that just want to buy all the good cards you know? exactly everybody wins in this situation so yeah um yeah, i'm looking forward to seeing what they did because yeah the, the two boards they've put out recently i mean they were like kind of cool too and the the little legends or the minions things they've put out as well have been interesting mm-hmm. and i mean honestly the sky's the limit they could still do rares or not rares they could still do foils they could still do card backs you do all that oh yeah we'll start getting the shinies yeah, yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> can't wait for the shinies uh where, there, where you the... play your garen and like a literal garen just like goes onto the board and like does a dance and then <laughs> yeah and then we we'll, and then we'll we buy every... skins for that garen you you, you get skins you, know, you buy dances for your cards like it's like every card has a dance so you can like buy individual dances and they're each a dollar and then that's like another hundred bucks someone can spend on a deck you know oh god so this, is a very, this is actually just slowly growing to be very dystopian actually why is that why is that dystopian i don't know if i'm just, if i'm buying if i'm getting cosmetics for my cosmetics it doesn't i don't know like if they start i don't know if i start actually yeah if i don't because you have everybody's got the poro if they just like started releasing a line of like hats for the poro actually maybe that would be cool i don't know maybe i would buy that i don't know it's kind of a interesting <laughs> conundrum anyway well, my, my, my point is like I, I think there's a lot of ways they can monetize and the people that are willing to spend money will spend money so. absolutely if it's good if it's pretty if it's not not that expensive let's let's stay reasonable here i don't know these days especially you want to save your save your bucks where you where you can yeah people will buy it 100 percent. um i think yeah i think that's about i think that about does it right is there anything else you want to get to uh can i can i do my outro before you do the official outro <laughs> sure do it. yeah do your outro of course uh so uh i guess two things uh with this episode we will do a short uh, artifact episode as well uh, originally we were from artifact it won't be on this feed um but I, I will link it in the episode description if you're interested in that just because there's an announcement on the possible artifact 2.0 per se uh and and i guess the second thing is a shout out to paint a supporter paint thank you for supporting absolutely Big shout outs. Uh, was, was that all you wanted to get to? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, as usual, everybody, thanks for listening. If you want to help the show, tell a friend, leave a review on iTunes. That actually helps. Uh, any final thoughts? Any final wisdoms? Words Words of warning, Flash? Um, I think, you know, maybe maybe if you want, if, you know, if you're feeling that the hype's gone, maybe it's uh, ter- time for you to step up and make your own tournament. I'm just saying. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So a uh, call, call to action there. Uh, Thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll see you next week. Bye.